for the people that matter, our internet audience, not us. You're just you stimulate it, so therefore the talk occurs, and then it gets insemi- uh, what disseminated. What is it called? Disseminated into the masses through technology. Yeah, soon I'll be able to cut all you out. You just stay home with some like blow up dolls and just be much easier. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be less questions. There'll be less questions. <laughs> Unless I put a little voice recording on them and have a little pull a string and can you talk about non-duality? Oh, right. yeah. I can do that. <laughs> oh, you're wonderful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll control the I'll control the message and the medium with everything and the audience. Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh no, I'll just stay in my pajamas all day, you know, pontificating you know, about some abstract, surreal idea that no one seems to want or get anyway. You know what I mean? They're hell bent on just complaining about the suffering they seem to be in. <laughs> and part of that suffering is there's the think, there's the idea you want to want to be free from it, but when push comes to shove, it's what you are, in a lot of ways, is what you're not. You know, the story. So we're invested in it. Just like I used to always do, I'll do it now. The Poopa Scooper stories. One of my favorite stories. It's been banned in most, you know, recovery, uh, recovery things. But this is, a, this is like a, a rogue meeting we're having. So, yeah, the Poopa Scooper thing came out of the... Uh, the presentation of how it works when I was doing a lot of fourth set workshops. So you were attempting to get a message across, and so your mind would go off and find ways of saying it. So what was really a profound thing in 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 the AA context for me, because I was rooted in that chapter in the big book called How It Works, because that's where the fourth step is. And so I was doing these fourth step workshops for like 19 years. And so I was into that chapter quite a lot, really at the expense of the others. I just, you know, How It Works is a good chapter to, to put attention on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's telling you the importance of it. This is how it works. Okay. I think I'll stay there for a while. So I was presenting the idea of... Um, the need and how to do an inventory because that's what happens when we come on, you know, uh, in from the storm of active alcoholism and addiction, we bring a lot of stuff with us, you know nothing gets, not all of the distance doesn't get left behind at the door when you stop drinking, you know, that's just the admission to get into the game of recovery, you know you need to stop drinking and then there's the possibility of recovering from what drove you to drink in a sense and what keeps driving you to drink and get you know to escape so we would do an inventory and where he presents it is on this page 64 and he says some incredible things to co-founder of AA Bill W and one of the things he says is that self yeah the small s self so let's say in the affirming way of talking about this message, the self would be the big S self, yeah? The big S self. But we're talking about a negating way in a sense. So, all right, self manifested in various ways. It's a very beautiful statement, yeah? If you just take, take it apart. Self, so here's self manifested in a lot of different ways. 
So it may not be as easy to see self because it's going to manifest in a lot of different ways, like self-pity, uh, self-obsession, uh, pride. It'll, 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 it's, its unseen fingers will be over a lot of stuff. Okay? So self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. That's the statement. Yeah? Bing. Okay. And before it starts, it says we need to be convinced of this. Yeah? In other words, and convinced means to believe with certainty. So, all right. I'm at the point where I'm open to believing with certainty. Now, just break the news to me. What the, how does this thing work? How does the alcoholism work? And how does recovery from alcoholism work? Okay, well, here it is. How alcoholism works is that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. Yeah? You should be at the end of that sentence when you come into AA. You should be under the defeat. You know, probably a very large one. So, okay, you're, you're looking at it from the defeat, and now it's telling you how it happened. All right? Self, that incongruous, nebulous thing, which isn't a thing, manifesting in all these ways is what has defeated us. Okay. Now, if you're convinced of that, it says, we are now going to look at its, meaning self's, manifestations in our life. Okay. Seems like a good idea. And that's really the inventory process. Yeah? We're going to look at the manifestations of self in our lives. Not in my life, in a way, in our lives, because basically, self a fix with alcoholism only has a certain amount of characteristics and it's expressing itself in all these different possibilities through these all these different hosts, yeah? So you can learn just as much from your own investigation from, as you can from someone else's investigation. Because we're really basically investigating the same tyrant or the same parasite, yeah? We're investigating all these possibilities, all these seeming people that have been captured by alcoholism, yeah? Affixed to the... the the stop program of self-centeredness, we're going to share and look into our the characteristics of what defeated us, yeah? The manifestations of what defeated us. So we do an inventory, and it says, all right, if you're convinced of that, we're going to look at its common manifestations, and then we'll go, resentment is the number one offender. So the first thing we look at in the inventory process in AA is resentment, okay? So resentment, if you follow the logic of the statement, resentment is a manifestation of self in our lives. Yeah? So it's not our resentment, in a sense. Technically, very clearly, it's not our resentment. It issues forth from self or selfing. So where, how and where and, and for how long do we keep claiming the expressions of self as ours? Yeah? And what allows us, or makes that seem so logical, that when resentment occurs and fear occurs and acting out occurs, I immediately believe I did it, you know, or I had something to do with it. Why is it so, so available as if it's the next step? Well, because there's, a, there's an activity in place called identification as the self. Yeah? So our heads are identified as self. So if you say... If you say the same question, the same statement, all right, Paul, right? Be convinced that Paul is what has defeated Paul. Yeah? And when you're convinced of that, we're now going to look at Paul's common manifestation. And Paul's common manifestations are resentments, fears, and harming other people in the pursuit of what he wants. But then... The uniqueness of that, which is the essence of terminal uniqueness, 
can be broken so easy because then you could say, Deb's common manifestations, yeah? Sydney's common manifestations. Yeah. Because we have the same stuff. We have the resentments, the fears, and harming other people in the pursuit of what we want or protecting what we think we have. We all have it. So we could put any name there. We could put Chris there. We could put Kevin there. So you'd say, being convinced that Kevin manifested in various ways is what has defeated us here. We will now look at Kevin's resentments, Kevin's fears, and this is how most people take it. They don't see that self is a foreign installment. They believe it's them. Yeah? And that's the whole trick. That's the whole difference in the effects of the, of the inventory. If you claim it to be yours, you're still saddled with the, inven- with the uh, evidence of the inventory. They're all your resentments. They're all your fears. And they're all your acting out. And they're going to predicate, there'll be more fears of yours, more resentments of yours, and more acting out of yours before and after you drink. Yeah? Before you, would, you got sober, after you got sober. But if you just see self as maybe not you, yeah? as like a, like a mental process that has parasitical tendencies, it grew in us and basically took over the show in a sense. And to take over the show, it had a mask, a lot of what is always available at all times, so that it became what's always available at all times. Yeah? The self. Yeah. So when you, so in this little story, there's someone, all right, so someone now, so let's say you have a really beautiful house, and you've got a nice porch, and you've got this beautiful lawn, and every day you run out in the morning do with no shoes and you love feeling the lawn on your shoes and you, you've got a whole bowl, you know, lawn bowling tournament coming that weekend and then you've got an after tournament picnic on the lawn and you've got hammocks there and you've got, oh, you just love it. And, you know, you do you know, angels on it, snow angels on it and everything. And a lot of your life is based on the lawn and all your relations and all the things you do is rooted in this lawn. And then one day you're jumping off with no shoes on and then you hit up some, like some soft, gooey shit. And that's exactly what it is. It's some shit. And so you're, you immediately go on the porch, scrape it off. And what happens? You immediately downsize your life. You go in and get shoes. Yeah? You're not going to go on the lawn anymore without any shoes to try to get away from the shit. So now you get some shoes and you step away from where you stepped before and you land in some more shit. So now you now you start getting confronted. Hey man, there's a lot of shit on my lawn and it stinks to high heaven. I gotta cancel that bowling, lawn bowling. Everyone will think, what the hell? How could you have us here? It just hit the ball and it ran into some shit and stopped immediately. The game inter- is interrupted. All right. So what does he do? You go in and you just try to ignore it. And hopefully it goes away. So you go in the, out in the afternoon, you step, and there's more doo-doo everywhere. So what occurs, you finally come in, you close the door, pull down the, the blinds, and you're just sitting there, and now you're reminiscing, reminiscing, and you're trying to figure out what did I do wrong to produce all this, whatever you, your head will go for. And so now you go out and you buy pictures of lawns, you know, and videos of the Kentucky Derby, the bluegrass of Kentucky, and, you, and then suddenly your other friends are complaining about the same thing. 
and you start having talks and you start having meetings. Jesus Christ, I had this lovely lawn and then some, all this stuff, all this shit starts happening. I can't get rid of it and I can't even use the lawn anymore. So it's, I'm not even living a life anymore. And so a guy comes in and says, hey, I have a solution for you. And you're avid. You're into it. You want a solution. And he says, get a pooper scooper. All right? And then learn how to use it. And if you get pretty good, you may get a little time during the day, hopefully on a weekend, where there won't be any shit, at least for a three-by-seven-foot piece. Maybe you can lay down and, you know, not for long, but at least for a little while, and <laughs> relive all the loveliness of the lawn. So other people start, so you get the pooper scoop, and then you decide to get two pooper scoopers, and you get pretty good. You're scooping up that shit almost as fast as it shows up. And you get to use the lawn, and then you go to the meetings of all the other disgruntled people who are complaining about all this shit, and they start saying, hey, why don't you talk to us, bro? Tell us how you've answered this. All right, well, I got two scoopers, and I do, I go like this. I'm really freaking fast. And you become like a circuit speaker. Now you're giving talks, and you're going to the big conventions, and you start bringing your models, a scooper scooper models, autographed. You start selling them, and you're like a big hojo, you know, in this little world of relief from the shit. And there's a lot of shit, so relief's a damn good business. It doesn't get rid of the source, but you get a little relief from it. All right, so now you got, you know, you got a book out, you're going out, you got tours galore, you're on tape and YouTube and everything like that. You got your own autograph model, you got jackets, you know, gloves for it. And so now someone comes and sees you and says, man, I have an answer to your problem. And you're going, what problem? I've got the solution to the problem. I, have, I can clean up shit faster than anyone else can fucking clean up shit. I've got tons of people following how I clean up shit, this and that. So now the guy's ardor or avidness for a solution is mute because he's got it going on. His, his story is based on the problem. Yeah? So he does it. So then you go, okay, well, you walk out the door and say, hey, just find the dog. Yeah? Bingo! That's the freaking solution. If I get rid of the source of the shit, I can put the pooper scoopers up in the garage. Not kill them or break them. Hey, I honor them. They work when I needed to. But now the dog's gone. There's no shit. That's the solution. That's this message. But see, at this point, his mental state is invested in the identification with the problem. His whole story is based on having the problem now, yeah? His reputation, his, his popularity is based on that. He's not willing to let go of that. So the solution to the problem has become a bigger problem, yeah? This is the message. This is the message. It's like when I went to Turkey that time, and uh, these guys are the greatest salesmen I've ever run into. I've been around the world, and these people were unbelievable. And when you got off, we were walking around the tourist area, and a guy would come, and he would act like your tour guide, but he'd guide you right to this showroom of where they sold rugs. And then the guy who guides you there, you never see again. He's just gone, and his whole family of guys, cousins, everything, start. they bring you into a room, they give you either Turkish coffee or apple juice, and they start bringing out the rugs, you know, throwing them, and they're like little matadors with the rugs. They're flip, like pizza, flipping them and throwing them on the thing, and it's amazing. And they're just saying, this rug will look beautiful, and this and that, and that, and this, yes? 
and it would be very easy to buy it. But at that point, I didn't have a floor. I had no place to live. I was traveling around the world. So I had a built-in immunity to all the rugs. For the rugs to, be, to have value, there must be a floor they rest on. Yeah? I didn't have a floor. I didn't care. It, they could have had an, an, like a Super Bowl extravaganza. I wasn't going to buy a rug. Because their idea was, we can fold it up so small that you can put it in your backpack. I'm not going to carry a rug around the world. What the f- I don't have a place to live. Yeah? So I had total immunity. This message is about the floor. That's what this message is. It's about the floor. The floor of all this crazy entertaining we're doing all day is based on the floor of self, being identified as this action figure. Without the floor, the story would be seen as a story. The at, you would have an immunity to the advertising. But because you take yourself to be the floor, you want to hear about rugs, you want to hear the story about past rugs and future rugs, on and on, and then you're into cleaners, unbelievably, just insane shit. And it goes on and on and on. And you can change rugs, get a spiritual rug, get this kind of rug, get a Tibetan rug, get a Taoist Chinese rug. It doesn't matter. The floor is still the dominant experience. The floor is the state which is holding all your experiences. You're in a state of self-centeredness. It doesn't matter how many chairs you bring into or take out of it, how many times you paint the walls, it's still a very defining, very confining state, yeah? Very limited possibilities, no real relief right now, promises of relief in the future and memories of past relief, tons of products being sold to deal with all your freaking conditions, which never, never seem to take anything down to the root. So you just have to buy a more extreme version, a more turbocharged version. You've got to take more of them or less of them or just get the right formula. And maybe it works for one minute, one day on a Sunday morning. But that one minute followed by another minute and another minute. And then all the conditions change and get variable that you're calling you. And you're trying to manage like crazy to just try to get them all lined up. And you figure if I got my emotional state fine, my physical state fine, my mental state, and then this meant this mythical spiritual state, if I could line it up and just get it to stabilize, I'd be great. But they're all at the effects of variability. Yes? This, it's like trying to build an imaginary island in a very turbulent sea. Yet all the while, all the while, right behind all this activity is the seeing of what we are. The seeing is what we are, and the seeing will inform you of what you're not. And what will inform you is it's not you. It won't say what you are, because its activity is what it is. It's seeing, yeah? It's not something, one like solid ball of awareness sitting somewhere, that it's going to go, oh, look, there you are. Now you as what you're not will travel very long years and far, far to get there. No. The act of seeing is the demonstration of what you are. And we're seeing every second of the day that we're awake. It's what we're seeing from. If we're seeing from the imaginary floor, that's a form of looking called self-centeredness. Yeah? Full of anxiety about losing what you have and not getting what you want. That's what it's like all freaking day. And after the thing, right? 
doesn't matter how many rugs you put on or put linoleum on it, it's still the floor. There's still the floor that's defining where you live. This floor in the mental state is identification as a self, as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. A historical figure that did things before, good and bad, that will do good and bad things in the future, yeah? That this moment is only used to get to the next moment, not seeing much value in it, because if you did, you wouldn't be so obsessed with the thoughts, because the thoughts that are happening right now are not about now. They're about yesterday and tomorrow. It's looking at it's looking from us every moment. It's always available at all times, right where we are, but not to us. Yeah? Not to the you that we're not. And that's the one of the main dilemmas in this message, because people have a stubborn idea they want to be here to get it. They want to have an experience of their own absence. They want they don't want it to be a state. They want the mental state to continue, but they'd like to have a couple experiences of the absence of the mental state. We ran into some the other day. That's their whole drive, is try to make this place as good as possible, but no questioning this place. (laughs) The place is just as real as real can be. (laughs) I went down that route. It was a dead end. Nothing right or wrong with it. We're, here, we're in time and we're action figures. You're going to do shit here. But it doesn't mean it has any real meaning. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't take yourself so seriously. Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to polish that floor. <laughs> I'll give it such a shine, I'll be able to see myself in it. Yeah, sure. (laughs) That's all that self is doing all day. It's seeing itself in everyone. It's using everything it contacts with, through conscious contact, as a mirror to reflect its imaginary visage. (laughs) It doesn't need to have a body. It just needs the idea of being a body to produce the sense of being a body. Yeah? Yeah. We underestimate what's happening here. The mind, in all of its forms, let's say the ordinary aspect of it, the conditional mind, and then the, what we would call the enlightened mind, they're the same mind. The mind is, do, is involved or engaged in a lot of mental processes, and those processes are actually producing something out of nothing all day. You cannot imagine how miraculous that is. We can sit at home in a lovely place with no real big dilemma, and yet we can cook something up through the thought. We can think about next week and be totally paralyzed now, today. You don't see the power in that? You can't fly into next week. You can't make a reservation for next week in next week. There's no place called next week. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yet, next week is one of the most dominant influences in our affairs today. And if it's not only that, the giant eclipsing of what was once is unbelievable. Whatever sun can arise in the moment has to break through a huge weather front of yesterday and tomorrow. 
I mean, it's serious. It's amazing we get even a little bit of light in this little fucking, this extreme rendition into this little mental cage of yesterday and tomorrow. If you ask yourself right now, what's the problem? There probably isn't any. It would have to be thought about. And you think that there's just this problem and then your thinking about it just enlightens you to it. The thinking is the problem. Yeah. The problem's effects can't have an effect unless they're thought about now. Yeah. Like when I do talks, it's an amazing event. I've been doing things sort of like this for 20-something years. Whatever physical condition I'm in, whatever emotional condition I seem to be in, whatever mental condition, whatever quote-unquote spiritual condition I think I'm in, gets totally erased for this event, yeah? It gets so erased that it obviously could never have been so, you know? That it was my engagement with it that gave it its reality. When I get engaged in this message, all the reality I was giving things stops, yeah? And for all inherent purposes or points, it has no effect whatsoever in this, in this period of time. How real could it have been if it has no effect now? And how could I produce its effects again? By conjuring it back up in the thoughts. I'd have to whistle for it with the thoughts. I'd say, next week, come here. You know? All right. <laughs> Next week isn't sending you messages, is it? It's not laying in the bush. Oh, fuck, I see it there. Next week it looks really angry at me. I must have done something this week, which I didn't know I did, but I'm going to get next week. And wait a minute. That's last week. Fuck, it's way, jeez. I'm going to have five lattes today. Why? Do you want them? No, but next week, fuck. Jeez, I'm so fucking afraid I want to be caffeined out by the time it hits me. Do you, you know, buying winter jackets in the summer? No, it's just to buy something. I got to get out of my head. <laughs> I'm so afraid. Yeah, can you point it out to me? No. Can, can I feel it? No. Can I taste it? No. Can I see it? No. All right, then it's yours, bro, eh? <laughs> Why do you want to be so weakened to the mental state? All the tap dancing has to have a floor to make the sound. You're the floor, the sense of being the self. You're what's allowing all the dances to go on. Yeah. You think the dance ends by putting a rug on it? It's still the same thing. Yeah, now you just feel more elevated. Your spirituality can get blown out of the water in one minute. Yeah. Five thoughts combined and you're, you're in a fucking mental maelstrom. All your spiritual resume goes down the toilet. It's nothing to do with that. Find something that's truly reliable. And it's not a thing. Yeah. It's reliability is that it's not a thing. That's where its reliability is. So the way I grab things here, I can't use to grab that, you know? The way I understand something here is by studying it and looking at it. I can't do it with that, yeah? It's a whole different approach, which is based on no approach at all. And that's very difficult for a mental process. 
Because the mental process is a process. Therefore, it wants to lend its reality to everything else, which make it a process. But you cannot process or travel to where you are. It doesn't work. You can maybe apply it to other things. You can't apply it to what you are. St. Francis tries to save us all that time by saying, what's looking is what you're looking for. And then you try to see it, yeah? And you don't realize you can never be fast enough to spin out and then see what's looking. You're, it's not offered to you here. What's appearing in front of the camera will never get a glimpse of what's behind the camera. Yeah. But if you recognize you're not what's in front of the camera, you may have the intimation of what's behind the camera. And that intimation is bigger than all the 800 pages of how factual this place is. Yeah? It'll override all your story. I had it happen. I had a free sample once. I was getting a local operation on the leg. So that meant, and so they gave me a local anesthesia. They built a little wall so that your curious mind wouldn't look down there. And so you were sort of on this side of the wall, and all the attention by the doctors and nurses was on this side. So you were, like, tripping out. And they had these giant, huge aluminum or stainless steel bowls with the lights in it to get the most light. And I was looking at that bowl, and suddenly the whole thing stopped, yeah? And I had, and, and the drop that was dropped in was what, like, if people talk about bliss, it was beyond bliss. It was beyond, beyond, yeah? Just one of one is like the quintessence of a drop, and it, and it leaked into the experiential level. And when it, when, and my reaction to it after it was like a nectar of nectars, my, re, my mental reaction to it, in a humble way, said, I would have put up with everything I've gone through just for this one moment. All those years and years of all the stories and all like this, their effect was erased like that in, because there's not, it wasn't real. You don't even have to get an eraser because it's not on the chalkboard. Yeah? It's like an etch-a-sketch. And yet, when it was... The, the sense of relief from it made it, if it had to be that case, that's, all of that was worthwhile just for this event. Just for a second of a free sample. Can you imagine resting there? Its effects on your experience here? Let it leak through. It's not, you don't have to keep applying it. This message is enticing it to come out. It's not putting anything in. It's like an enticement to come out. Yeah? Let it bleed through instead of trying to apply it. You know, everything we try to apply has no ability. They're all henna tattoos. They wash out in the normal day of living in time and space. Yeah? But let it bleed through. Yeah? It's your true color, in a way. Let the true colors come out. The message will bring it out. You see a beautiful thing, it brings it out. You do something you're passionate about, it brings it out. If that event doesn't put it in, the sun doesn't put it in, it's brought out. Your dreaming brings out the dreaming. Yeah? So you can finally start experiencing, like Course in Miracles says, you and I are the dreamer of this dream, but what's going to happen is we're going to dream ourselves out of the dream. And as we're dreaming ourselves out of it, the dream will get happier. 
not just for us, but for, you know what I mean? It'll be like spread out. It's not all about us, but you see that? The dreaming will wake up that it's not the dreamt object, and in, that, and in so doing, the dream of the dreamt object will get happier. Yeah. It doesn't have to kill anything. It's not real. It will, it's an interest of attention will just get pulled out of it back into the, the essence of mind, in a sense. Yeah. So the display, the interest of attention will come back. The one where all displays issue from will go back there. Where was I in the beginning? It's going to go somewhere else today. You know? What was I doing? Oh, the non duality. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> non-duality not two so let's melt it all down to the fundamental two-ness yeah you as subject objectifying us yes that's what's happening it's called dualism I think so the dualism begets in in a larger expression it turns dualistic it's duality yeah but the split mind sees me as the subject and you as an object yeah even though the exact same event from there, that point of view, sees me as an object and it as a subject. Yeah? So here we are. Everyone sees this as a you. will never not see it as a you. Yeah? It can be the beloved you, the hated you, the forgotten you, the fucked up you, the asshole you. Tons of adjectives, but it's a you. Yeah? And then from my view, all these all you seem like a you. Yeah? But in a way, if we took a vote, you should win out. There's more of you seeing me as a you than there is of this seeing you as a you. Yeah? But I refute all that evidence, and I claim, still claim, stubbornly, no, no, you're mistaken. This you that you're taking to be a you isn't really a you, it's me. (laughs) It's a special you. Actually, more special than any of you. It's me. Yeah, don't you get it? Don't you understand me? I understand you perfectly, Paul. No, you don't. You don't understand me. I understand you perfectly, Paul. No, you don't. It's me. You see, I was in Delancey Street for two years professing that point of view. They knew. They understood you, this you, perfectly as a junkie, and they gave me a perfect agenda to live free from that that addiction for two years. All the while, I was stubbornly arguing with them from the point of view of me. You don't understand. I'm not the typical junkie. Oh, yes, you are, bro. <laughs> no, I'm a spe- I'm, I have a spiritual bent. I'm a spiritual angst. No, you're a fucking run-of-the-mill junkie. And, wait, and just do this and do the dishes and go there and you'll be better off. And you know what? It was true. It worked. After two years, I had to admit they looked be- my life looked better than with them running it than ever did with me running it, you see? Because they weren't seeing from the me. They were seeing the you. And they knew exactly what the you needed to do to get out of the what? The me. Yeah. See, I, the me may want to get out of this you to go to the spiritual meanness 
But it's the me, the dilemma. It's not the you. It's not the body. It's the idea of being the body. Yeah? And even the idea of being the body, that idea hates the idea of being a body in a lot of cases. It never sees your body as being uh, sufficient enough to get what you want and to do what you want. Yeah? It always finds fault with this body, but it seems to be saddled by it, but it would love to dispense it and get into another one, probably. That's it. The crow is telling me. It was actually just singing. uh, It was, yeah. It's just telling me, yes, thank you. Yes. Good job, non Paul. Yeah, see, another one. This is like a bravo. Come on. Oh, he gave us another one, another car. That's five cars. That's better than Rotten Tomatoes. Five cars for a spiritual talk. Woo! Go see this guy. The crows, yes, they... <laughs> I've been anointed. <laughs> you ever read shamanism? Shamanists, they have a big thing about crows. So here's one of them doing its thing. <laughs> what do they say about them? Oh, crows are tricky little. They're like spiritual, like, uh, es- uh, what would you call them? Harbingers, yeah. And the tricksters, but they give, they talk with you. They give, they lay down messages on you. Like, we were at Joshua Tree once. It was awesome there. It was this beautiful area. Nothing, nothing was there. And then a crow came, just like this, near nearby tree, and did a little, like, eight of these. And it was sort of like, you hear it go through the canyon, you know. Yeah, it was awesome. It's all made up. We're making it all up. But you might as well enjoy the magic. It's of your own making. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you enjoy the dreaming? It's not like you have to kill it. Just then maybe enjoy it a little bit. It's pretty amazing, eh? Really. I did this one time with my friend. We went to a, a, a lake... And he was give, she's a Zen martial artist, you know, Zen sword master. And he was showing me some, some, uh, some ancient physical movements. And so this bird flew, came in, flew, landed on the, on the pond, came right up to us, and then got up and did three rotations around us. And you could feel the energy of the, of the event. It was really freaking cool, you know, just me and him in this place. But you could see something else showed up to acknowledge what was going on. It was pretty cool. I shouldn't record that, though.